Hey, hey, welcome to Queer Street. It's that time again. And y'all, you know, it's been a rough couple of episodes. The last two books, you know, they just didn't do it for me, especially last week with what you call it, the knife. Oi, don't even get me started on that scalpel debate again. But this week, this week's going to be a good one, y'all. This week, it's, it's going to be a good one. One of my faves so far. So, Book number 15 in the original series is called The Prom Queen. It was released in March 1st, 1992 and comes in at 167 pages. Okay, y'all, first of all, we're going to talk about the blurb on the back. I know I keep doing this differently, I think, but we're going to do blurb on the back. Then I'm going to do tag because of this cover, y'all. This cover, y'all. This cover is serving cover realness, y'all. Yes. So on the back, it says Dance of Death, A Spring Night. Soft moonlight, five beautiful prom queen candidates, dancing couples at the shady side high prom. These should be the ingredients for romance. But stir in one brutal murder, then another and another, and the recipe quickly turns to horror. Lizzie McVeigh realizes someone is murdering the five prom queen candidates one by one, and that she may be next on the list. Can she stop the murderer before the dance is over? for good. Now that's pretty good. Okay. That is pretty good. I mean, that is a good synopsis. You know, it tells you what you got going on here. It tells you, you know, you got these five chicks that are out to be prom queen and somebody is picking them bitches off one by one. Okay. And this chick might be next. Okay. So then the front, it says she was drop dead beautiful. I get what you're getting drop dead. I, I get what you're going for, you know, but it, it could be better. It could be better, but y'all let's get to this cover. Now, Bill Schmidt has really outdone himself on this one. Okay, so what we're looking at here is we are looking at, we're going to guess it's Lizzie McVeigh because she's the prom, the, um, the prom queen. She's the uh, main character of this book. So you've got her. She's like, what is it, like three-quarter turned away from you? She is in the most amazing 1990s pink, <laughs> oh God, pink prom dress with these big fluffy like off the shoulder sleeves. And she's got a white corsage on her um, on her wrist. And she's got a, a tiara on her head. Because, I mean, of course. And she's looking sideways over her shoulder in the mirror. But the reflection in the mirror, instead of her face, it is a skeleton face. Y'all, yes. I cannot. This cover is serving, like, you know, prom queen realness. You know, death realness. Plus, there's some really bitchin uh uh what is it called wallpaper in the background with some stripes and some florals so bill schmidt snaps to you because this cover is is, is just I, I love it i love it so it is definitely giving me so many good vibes and it's so funny that i'm recording this today because um today the episode of another podcast i love with um alex and emily it's called um gag me with a knife they talked about the 1980 movie um uh oh my god prom night with jamie lee curtis and oh i love jamie lee curtis first of all i just adore her and i love prom night it's one of my favorite movies i watch it all the time going so it's called gag me with a knife go and listen to that um, it is a great podcast where they just kind of um, like watch these, uh, you know, schlocky, campy, and sometimes not even campy. Sometimes, you know, just popular like horror movies from the 80s. Sometimes, you know, they're they're really, really crappy, so bad they're good movies. But, oh, they kill me with their blow-by-blow -blow synopsis and death scenes and ratings and fun facts. So go check that out. But today's episode was on prom night. So... 
it's so funny that I was doing this day. So anywho, we're going to get right into this because y'all, I, I, I love this one because like coming off prom night, I love a good, I love a good, you know, like that whole prom night, you know, being picked off one by one. This is a great entry into that trope of like the high school prom, the somebody's out for vengeance, killing these people, the popular kids. I love it. Popular kids need to die. As you know, I'm not saying that, but somebody's saying it. We'll find out who by the end of the book. So opens up chapter one. We've got some friends, the narrator, unnamed yet, and her two friends, Dawn and Rachel, are talking about some recent murders that have happened in Shadyside and neighboring Waynesbridge. So two girls named Stacy and Tina. I mean, do we can we get any better late 80s, early 90s names? I don't think so. Plus Tina. Now come on now, Mr. Stein. Is that a nod to Friday the 13th with Tina? I think it is. I think it is. I just think it is. I know we're, we're 19, you know, 84 to 92. What's that like? Six, eight years off. But I think we might do that. I see what you're doing here, Stein. I see it. We're, we're there. We're there. So anyway, Dawn is making jokes, you know, to deal with it. Rachel's talking about how her cousin Jackie and Waynesbridge knew the girl. Rachel lives on Fair Street, of course, and they found the body a block away. So two girls have been murdered recently. The neighborhood's freaking out. I don't know why the neighborhood's freaking out. Why, Shady Side, are you gagging? Because shit's going on all the time. I don't know why these two girls are suddenly freaking you all out because all kinds of crap's going on. But anywho, it's getting close to the prom. Oh, and the latest, Stacy, this girl was stabbed 16 times in her bedroom. Damn, that's some that's some stabbing, you know? So anyway, they're talking about the prom, and then we find out the narrator's name is Lizzie. She doesn't have a date because her boyfriend, Kevin McCormick, his dad's in the military and they've moved and he doesn't know if he's going to be able to make it back if his dad's going to let him. So um, they're going to the announce they're at the assembly where the principal's going to announce the five candidates for prom queen. So as it comes out, Lizzie is one of them. Yay, she's the first one. Then Simone Perry is the next one. Then Alana or Elena. I think it's Alana because it's E-L-A-N-A. -A. I'm going to say Alana Potter. Although it's not Alana with an A, it's Ilana. Maybe it is Elena. I don't know what her name is. Um, and then Don Rogers and then Rachel West. So obviously, you know, the three best friends and then this other bitch, Simone. And then this other Elena, Alana. So it goes on to describe them. You know, Simone's kind of like the dressy, preppy one. She's self-centered. She's the star of the drama. You've got Elena, Alana. Um, she's one of the most popular girls, you know. She's kind of dresses old-fashioned. She's kind of pretty and like delicate. And then you've got Dawn, who's very tan, very athletic, very, very competitive. And then you've got Rachel West, who they just keep describing as poor. I mean... God damn, I'm so sorry, Rachel. I know you got to live on Fear Street, but, you know, there's more to you than just being a poor girl. <laughs> but apparently not. So Simone is, um, they're all they're all excited. They've gotten nominated. They knew they would. Simone is upset because her boyfriend, Justin, has been coming on to Meg Dalton. Flashback to Surprise Party. Okay, remember, we got some little, some little, uh, there's a couple of these, uh, what do you call them? Uh, cameos, crossovers, crossovers, maybe? Yeah, maybe that's what I'm looking for. Oh, sweet baby unicorns, that's my phone. You know, <laughs> and so, um, and then at the end of this, we find out, you know, that two days later, Simone disappears. Oh my goodness. But before that happens, we're in Elena Alana's car. We're headed to Pete's Pizza, because what else are we going to do in Shadyside? We're going to go eat pizza at Pete's. I can't believe I said that all without flubbing that. Wow. So Simone is practicing for the Sound of Music, which, by the way, um, I may or may not own the soundtrack to this, and I may or may not know um, 
the words to every single song and every part of the song, but that's a podcast episode for another time. Anywho, so um, Don's super competitive. Elena Alana is worried about the killer. She's just talking about it, you know, and everybody's basically like, shut up, bitch, you're a downer. Stop being such a downer. Um, they're talking to Rachel's boyfriend, Gideon, and it's just, I mean, it's all everybody can talk about. I mean, for once, everybody's talking about the crazy ass stuff that's going on in Shady Side. I mean, but you know, anywho, so Lizzie says, you know what? Let's let's get our minds out of this. Let's stop talking about this. Let's let's pretend. Let's do each other's speeches. Now, Lizzie, girl, I know you're just trying to cut the tension, but why are you going to bring up something that you know is going to end poorly? <sighs> anywho, so you know they end up, you know, kind of. It's almost like a roast, kind of, and they end up. Everybody gets pissed. Okay, they talk about how Don is so competitive and she doesn't care about anybody. Simone's shallow. Rachel is poor, of course, because God forbid there's something else. And Elena, Alana is very rich and spoiled. And then, you know, I mean, so poor, poor Lizzie, you know, best laid plans, right, Lizzie? Next time, just, I don't know, bust out, I don't know, do a trust fall or something like that. I don't know, to, to break the ice. But then all of a sudden, Simone just jumps up and races from the restaurant because she has seen her boyfriend, Justin, flirting with this bitch named Vanessa Hartley. She's tall and blonde. That's all we need to know about her, other than her last name, because you know, Mr. Stein always brings a last name to the party. And as she is over there, you know, reaming him and all that, the girls are talking and Donna was like, well, I went out with him last week, but you can't tell her. It was just a date, you know? And then Rachel's like, well, he asked me out and I said, yes. Damn, bitches. Damn, this is where I mean, this is basically I don't know. Am I reading Shady or uh, Fear Street and Shady Side, or am I watching Grey's Anatomy? Who the hell knows what's going on here? So, um, that afternoon, they're they're um, they're at play practice for the sound of music. You know, we've got Robbie Barron, he is the I get I, it since it gives us his last name, it doesn't call him Mr. I'm guessing he's another student, he's like the director, and they're looking for Simone. She's late, she's never late. So Lizzie goes and leaves the auditorium to go look for her. I'm guessing auditorium, it didn't really say, but I'm guessing that's where they are. I don't know. In my high school, we um the plays were put on in the gym. So um, so she ends up getting locked inside the gym, but Mr. Santucci, I mean. Way to go, Mr. Stein, bringing some um, ethnicity into here. Um, he's the main man. He lets her out. Um, so she's like, you know what? I'm going to, um, still can't find her. They have to, in practice, Robbie's all like, we can't do this without Simone. You know, she's a diva, but literally she's also Maria, you know, and you can't have, you know, how are the Von Traps going to get over the Alps if it's not for Maria? But um, sorry, that's an old, I mean, it's spoiler alert. They escape the Nazis. But if you haven't seen it, then, you know, you deserve to be spoiled. So, um, practice is called off. Lizzie decides to go. She's going to go drop by Simone's house on the way home, check on her, see what's going on. And she sees Dawn leaving. And um, she's like, she, I haven't seen Simone. And her face is all scratched. I mean, she's like, um, that's weird. Okay. So she gets to Simone's house. Um, her mom answers. And she's like, oh, yeah, she's up in her room. She goes up there. Her room is trash. There's a broken lamp. The sheets are messed up. The bed's all messed up. And there's a huge puddle of blood. So before she can pass out her scream, she sees a man running across their backyard. Okay. They call the police, her parents, everybody's given their story. It's the next afternoon. Everybody else comes over, gives their story. And the police want to know where everybody was at the night before, you know, and Justin has to admit that he was with Elena Alana, just quote unquote studying. I'm doing my finger quotes here. Yeah. So now we know that Justin is basically a big old man whore. Because he is, you know, he is going out with Simone. We've got that bitch. What's her name? 
Vanessa at the theater. So that's two if you're keeping count. I'm holding my fingers up in case you're driving or you can't do that. And then we've got, he asked, um, oh shit, Dawn out. That's three. He went out with her. He asked Rachel out. Now he's with Elena and Alana. That's five. I mean, by the end of this book, he's probably going to sleep his way through the senior class. We'll find out. But everybody's all shaken up. They leave. And then Lizzie, as she's leaving, remembers something about the man she saw running. But we don't find out just yet. We will. Don't worry. Don't worry. So it's two weeks later. Lizzie, Don, and Rachel. Um, Lucas, we find out that Lucas Brown, this weird kid, has asked Lizzie to the prom. Spoiler alert, Lucas is a red herring. Um, he pops up a lot. He he has like a twisted sense of humor. He likes gruesome things. You know, he's, he's if, if we're going to put it in movie terms, he is that crazy guy you see at the gas station while the teenagers are going their way to camp. And he warns them not to go to the camp, but they go anyway. And so then he shows up later and you think he might be the killer, but he's not because then he gets killed. That's who Lucas is. He doesn't get killed, but he's that, he's that crazy gas station guy. <sighs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Friday the 13th. So, um, where was I? Oh, so she remembers that Lizzie tells them that she remembers that she, the guy she saw was wearing a maroon baseball jacket, like a satin baseball jacket, which are shady sides, high colors. So now we know that's their school colors. So they're on their way to the mall. They stop at Simone's house to check on her parents. There's been no answer or no, they've not, not found her. There's been no news. And the police have started to say they think it's another murder. Okay, so they're prom dress shopping to take their minds off of it. You know, your friend goes missing, but you know, the prom must go on. The prom must go on. So um, basically, this is just to get them talking. Dawn's a bitch. She's telling everybody else that she would look better. Um, and then, so they go to the movie theater. Well, then who there? It's Justin. And you know, he's with, he's with the school, he's with the, um, the school host, Suki. This bitch keeps popping up like a bad STD because she's with everybody. But um so this brings us up to six now for this man whore, Justin. So they're going to see a, um, the girls end up going to see a Christian Slater movie. And y'all, I had to pause this and I went and looked and I pulled it up on the Wikipedia because that's how I research things. I ain't got time to do proper research. But anywho, so I searched Christian um, Slater's because if Christian, if you're listening to this, please let me know if this is right because I know you're probably listening. I'm sorry, Mr. Slater. I don't know how you're going to go by. We're not, you know, first name basis yet. So anyway, the, in 1992, he made a couple movies, but only one he was actually starring. It's called Cuffs, by the way. And it is an action comedy. So, um, and it came out in January of 1992. So it is very, very, I mean, Mr. Stein knows how to keep things current. So we're going to go ahead and say that not only were they seeing a Christian Slater movie, but the girls are going to go see Cuffs. And that's Cuffs with a K. I've never seen it, but... You know, if you have, let me know. Is it any good? <laughs> Should I have gone and seen it when I was, you know, I'm not going to tell you how old I was. You'll figure out my age. <laughs> I was almost a slip there. So she can't really concentrate. Lizzie can't concentrate because she keeps thinking about this. So um, then Dawn ends up going to the bathroom. She's gone a long time. And so Rachel's like, I'll go check on her. Then she comes back in and she calls to um, Lizzie in the theater. And I guess nobody realizes she's yelling. She's like, something's happened to Dawn. Come on. So they go, Dawn is on the floor of the lobby. She's no blood, but she's unconscious. And the little, um, and then he mentions that he's overweight. Why you gotta be fat shaming him, Mr. Stein. But, um, they said they found somebody, one of the, uh, I guess the guy that goes around the flashlight, making sure you're not making out or sneaking into theaters. What's he called? I don't know. But, um, he found her, she was passed out or she had been knocked unconscious on the um, floor in the back of the movie theater. And now nobody mentions this, but all I can think of is, ew, 
Ew. Now, I mean, I know it's probably not first on your mind if you have been attacked in a movie theater and you wake up in the lobby. I mean, but ew, it is the floor of a theater. I'm sure her hair is sticky. I'm sure her clothes are sticky. She's probably got popcorn in her hair. I, it just, it grossed me out to think that she was laying on the floor in a movie theater and nobody addresses this. I, I, nobody addresses this. I'm glad she's okay. Basically what happens is she was coming back from the bathroom. Somebody hit her over the head and she fell onto that nasty ass floor. And I, I, I hope she just, I just hope she got a tetanus shot and a hot shower because that's just nasty. So Lizzie's back at home. She's trying to study. It's storming because it has to storm. And she's writing a letter to Kevin. She misses him. You know, they're doing their pen pal relationship. Spoiler alert, Lizzie, it ain't going to last. I'm sorry, honey. Long distance relationships in high school rarely do. But um, so then she gets a phone call from Rachel. Rachel's crying. She's like, you have to come over real quickly. And then she just hangs up. So now, you know, she's worried. Oh, shit. Somebody else is going to be done. So she drives to Fear Street in the rain. She's storming. Something darts in front of her and she hears a thump. She's like, oh, my God. She gets out. It was just a raccoon. And this is nice. This is gruesome. It says the raccoon's like insides are all like raw meat. <laughs> Way to go, Mr. Stein. A little bit of gore there for you. So poor raccoon. Um, pour some out for you, homie, as I take my drink. She recovers from that. Goes back. Gets to the house. Rachel's mom is like, oh, she's upstairs. Now, Parents, I'm not telling you how to parent because I'm a parent. And I don't have a two-story house. But if I did, you know, know where your kids are. I mean, it's shady side. It's eight o'clock. Do you know where your teen is? You think they're upstairs. Apparently, they're not. So she goes up to Rachel's bedroom and there's Rachel on the bed crying. Turns out Gideon called her and broke up with her. He dropped her for Elena Alana. Now, this is just one of, you know... Now you see what I'm talking about. You thought I was just trying to be funny, and chances are I was. But you see what I was talking about. This is basically just, um, oh, shit, what's the name of that show? <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. I mean, hell. So um, so Lizzie's kind of mad, frustrated, because she thought she was in trouble. But, you know, she's there for you. She's like, I'm sorry. They talk. They hug it out, whatever. And she goes back home, and her dad meets her, and he says they've caught the murderer. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise be. So, um, there's no word on Simone, though. They're watching the news. The murderer's smiling. She thinks, oh, he's a creepo. He probably is. And she hears a knock on the door. And there, um, she goes to bed, sorry. And then in the middle of the night, she hears a knock on the door. And it's the police. And they're like, we need to talk to you. You were the last to see Rachel alive. <laughs> what? Yes, that's right. So, Rachel, pour some out for you. Let's take a drink. Rachel's dead. So it's a week later. Lizzie is going over to do props for the rehearsal. She's thinking back. We find out apparently that after she left Rachel's house that night, her family went out for ice cream, but she was too broken up. <laughs> broken up. She was too broken up over the fact that Gideon broke up with her. So she stayed. They came home and found her stabbed to death in her bedroom. I mean, that's, that's some, this just shows you why people, you know, counting them calories, have that bowl of ice cream. Go out for that bowl of ice cream because you never know when you're going to be stabbed to death in your bedroom. That's the lesson we need to learn here. So Don is nervous talking about, um, you know, talking about taking over Simone's lead role. You know, you've got Robbie there trying to get everything organized because now we've got two people missing. Well, one person missing, one person dead. Someone's attacking the prom queens. Don's like, somebody's attacking me. We're next. Could it be Lucas? And apparently also, I forgot to say this earlier, there is a $3,000 prize 
for being homecoming queen. Now, I don't know. I was not homecoming queen. Spoiler alert. Um, in my high school, but I don't recall. I was not in on that, that crowd at all, period. I do not recall there being a cash prize, but apparently there is in Shadyside. So maybe somebody is is doing that. You know, they're in it for the money. Dawn, and then um, as she's watching the rehearsal, suddenly Lizzie's like, well, Dawn has a motive. She loves to win. She's super competitive. Maybe she's hired someone to kill. You know, so as she's doing this, she goes to lower the next set. She realizes, and she hears a scream and a thud as a, one of the sandbags falls. Well, she goes down off the catwalk up, up there and she finds out the Dawn's okay. The, you know, it missed her, you know. And basically Robbie's like, what the hell is going on? And Dawn's like, someone's trying to kill me. And he's like, who? And Lizzie's like, look, calm your tits, Robbie. Is his name Robbie? what did I say, Reggie? Hell, what's his name? Robbie, that's right, Robbie. And so calm your tits, Robbie. You know, somebody's trying to kill us. We're all freaked out. So she gets upset. They cancel practice. She leaves and she's going home, drives, and suddenly a hand grabs her shoulder from the back seat. Well, it is that asshole Lucas. He's laughing. He's like, I didn't mean to scare you. Well, what the hell did you mean to do, dumbass? You hide in the back seat of someone's car. Have you not heard the urban legend about the hook? About the kill in the back, not the hook, that's a different urban legend. About the kill in the back seat with the lights flashing. Oh, cheese and crackers, Lucas. Anywho, so she's like, I'm going to drive you to school and you're going to get out. He tries asking her out again. She's like, no. And then she realizes that he is wearing a maroon baseball jacket. So she is like, you have got to get out of my car, bitch. Because now she thinks it could be him. Um, so then she drives home. Her parents are out. and But Justin's in her kitchen. He says, your parents let me in. They went to go pick your aunt up from the airport. So they chit chat, you know. And he's he's like, I know you saw, um, saw me with Suki. Um, I'm not interested in her anymore. I'm lonely. And she's all like, bitch, you're lonely. Your girlfriend is still missing and your friend just died. You should not be thinking about bed hopping at a time like this. And so he's like, what? You think I'm, I'm not a murderer? She's like, I didn't say you are, but that's creepy. So um, her dad comes downstairs. And he's like, uh, what's going on here? So makes him leave. It's late. Go home. It's too late to be killing or having sex. So go home. We'll talk again in the morning. So she goes to bed and she has a, a nightmare, which, oh man, if this makes it ever into a movie or a show, it's going to be fabulous. The five prom queens are on stage and as they turn around, their faces are all decayed and their eyes are all, Bleh. you know, they're like zombie looking, you know, and it says Simone's is the worst because she's been missing the most and she wakes up screaming. She thinks, you know, she's just, it's just too much. She's nervous about giving the speech tomorrow. You know, she's still got one friend missing, one friend dead. She's only got two friends left. And, you know, and that horn dog, Justin, that keeps trying to get in her pants because she's, I guess, next on his checklist. So prom is now eight days away. She's avoiding Elena, Alana, and Dawn. That's not three people, remember. I just don't know how to say what's her face's name. So Elena, Alana feels guilty about Gideon, you know, which you should, bitch. It shouldn't take the death of a friend to make you feel guilty about stealing your man's, your girl's man. But anyway, she feels guilty. So, okay. And they're talking about the assembly. They're nervous. You know, they agreed to continue on with the prom queen thing. And, um, the, you know, like, uh, uh, what's her face? Rachel would have wanted it. Simone would have wanted it. So, 
the the assembly goes well they give their speeches and she comes back to school they go home because i guess the practice is not right after school i don't know it was always right after school at our house but or at our house at our, my my school so she goes home and they comes back for practice she turns on all the lights and she screams she sees elena alana face down on the stage there's blood her face is all smashed and nasty so they call the police and the paramedics bitch is dead y'all we got two deaths we got two dead prom queen candidates poor elena alana Ugh. And then they look up, they're like, maybe she fell off the catwalk, which side note, why do they call it a catwalk? I guess uh, my thought is, and this is pretty good. I might've read this somewhere. I didn't, I'm not taking credit for this, but because it's so thin, you know, like maybe a cat has good balance, but then why do they call it a catwalk when you're walking like with your model? Is that how you walk? I'm going to have to look this up, but anywho, Maybe she fell off of there, but Lizzie's like, no, she she's thinking herself. I know the truth. She was pushed. She was killed. She goes to check on her poor dead friend again, and she sees a strip of maroon satin in her hand. Mic drop. So now, you know, Dawn is telling the police someone is killing all the prom queens. Uh, Lizzie and I are next. Lizzie, they're arguing. She's like, you know what? You can just have this. If this means more to you, I'm stepping down. I'm resigning. I do not want to have anything to do with this. Bitch, it's about time somebody said that because y'all are dying left and right. So she goes to bed. Okay. It's that night. The phone rings. It's Justin. He's like, can I come over? I want to talk. And she's like, um, okay. She's like, you seem scared. He's like, well, you know, he's just nervous. They're kind of making chit chat. Why are you over here? Dad comes down again. He's like, uh, bye. It's a little late for visitors. You know, no murder and no sex. It's getting too late for that now. So she's like, maybe Justin was just upset and nervous. You know, yeah, his, his girlfriend's missing. He's running out of girls to sleep with. Poor thing. You know, so she's in bed. Dawn calls and she's like, um, I heard Justin was at your house. And she's all like, news travels fast. And she's like, somebody saw her. And so... At school the next day, she's avoiding Justin, and then she gets home. She's happy. She's got a note from Kevin. Oh, his dad is letting him come take her to prom, so she's very happy. So it's their dress rehearsal now. Um, well, not dress rehearsal, but it's one of the last rehearsals. Robbie's all a flutter, walking around, handling all this, and um, it's everything goes well. And afterward, they're in the um, Lizzie's up in the prop room, putting things away, and the prop room is up a like above the stage, you have to go, go through the catwalk to get there. Justin comes and he's basically asks her out to prom. And she thinks to herself, oh, that's what, you know, all this creepiness with Justin is about. I'm just next on his checklist. And she's like, no, you know, Kevin's going to come. I'm going to go with him. And so she's like, I'm sorry. And he's, he's upset, you know, so he goes, cause you know, he wanted to attack that. And, um, so then they leave the they leave the prop room and Dawn's down there waiting. She's like, hurry up, Lizzie. It's getting kind of creepy down here. I'm ready to get home. You know, there's murderers out on the loose. We got to go. And she's like, I'll be right down. So she goes back up to the prop room and Dawn's going to wait for her. Justin leaves. So Lizzie's up in the prop room and she hears a scream. Y'all, this is where we start to pick up some pace here. She goes downstairs and sees someone wrestling with Dawn. And she runs to get her help, trips over a cable because that's what happens. The final girl's running. Somebody's running. They go on trip. So she trips over cable, hits her head on the floor, just in time to see the killer stab Dawn. And then the killer turns around. You know who it is. Think about it for a second. I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about it. Aha, uh -huh, that's right. It's Simone. That's right. You know, whenever somebody disappears early on in the movie or the book and you don't hear nothing from them and people start to die and you find them dead, it's that person. 
So Simone, she staged her disappearance because nobody cares about her. Her parents don't care about her. Her friends don't care about her. And she is, you know, she wants to be noticed. She just wants to be noticed. She wants to be appreciated. She wants to be loved. I threw that last part in. So, and also she's mad because she's with that man whore of a boyfriend. So she's going to kill all the people that have betrayed her. So that's why she ended up killing Rachel. That's why she killed Elena Alana. And that's why she killed Dawn. And now Lizzie is next. She's like, cause I just heard him ask you out. And Lizzie's like, hold up, bitch. I said, no, if you heard him ask me out, you heard me say no. You know, so she's talking to her, kind of distracting Simone, and she ends up pulling one of the ropes. The sandbag falls down, crushes Simone's foot, and she passes out. And bitch, if that happened to me, I would probably pass out too. I have passed out when you get hurt. You know, you get that, you break out in that cold sweat, and like it starts to close in on you. So I feel for you, Simone, even though you're a murderer, I know that hurt. Then suddenly Dawn wakes up, and oh, Dawn's not dead. We're so happy, but we can't be happy for too long because then Simone wakes back up. They start to wrestle and fight. Dawn comes up, stabs Simone in the leg. And then finally, here comes our favorite, you know, um, Italian-American maintenance man, Mr. Santucci. And he comes in. He's called the police. Simone's trying to get away, but bitch has a broke foot and a stabbed leg. She can't. And we find out that the leather... Um, uh, Lizzie's leather jacket that Dawn was wearing protected her from the stab wound. Now, I don't know what the hell kind of leather this jacket was made out of. I don't know if it was really thick, if she was wearing like eight leather jackets, or if it, I don't, if it was, I don't know, but it, it you know, she still got hurt, but it wasn't as bad. Because I guess when you buy quality leather goods, they save your life. So let that be a lesson. Quality leather, guys, no pleather, no pleather. Pleather ain't gonna save your ass. So Dawn is okay. And Lizzie's okay. And poor old crazy Simone, we don't know what happens to her. She probably gets hauled off somewhere. They hopefully put her in a boot to fix that broke ass foot. And she gets put in a mental hospital. Last chapter, Kevin's there. They're dancing at the prom, he and Lizzie. And we find out that the $3,000 prize has gone to set up a college fund in Rachel and Alana Elena's name. And so all is well, and they end the night dancing away, completely, you know, okay with the fact that, you know, two chicks are dead and the other one's in the, you know, loony bin with a broke foot. But, you know, what you going to do? But on the positive side, I love this book. On the other positive side, y'all, we got two deaths. We have not had two deaths since Missing way, way, way back. And even then, even though we had two deaths for missing, they weren't some of our main characters. They were some secondary characters. So this is a big deal, y'all. So this brings us to two deaths, Rachel and Elena Alana. Now we also have to pour some out. Hold on, let me drink my drink. Oh, I'm almost out. We got to pour some out for poor Tina and Stacey who, di who died pre-book. And also let's, let us not forget that raccoon that um, Lizzie hit in the rainstorm. Which brings us up to 12 deaths out of 15 books. Y'all, I can get behind that. That's some good That's some good um, death to book ratio here. So I give this a five star. I mean, I told you from the get-go, I love a good prom murder story. Um, I love the fact that two people died. I loved the gore with Elena Alana's face. I love the gore with the dead raccoon. It was a win. It was a win. It was a win. Even though... 
it was, you know, I could see the, I, I basically, it ba you, you could see the killer coming a mile away. That killer done RSVP'd to the, um, the reveal at the end and said, y'all, I'm coming to let y'all know I'm, I was the killer. So even though I could see it, I was here for it. It made sense. This one I could very easily see as being a, an 80s, late 80s horror slasher. Maybe because it reminds me of Prom Night. I don't know. I gave it five. Goodread gives it 3.67. So I'm not the only person that likes it. Um, we get to, I'm going to um, file this under two fears. Crazy because Simone was a crazy bitch and murder because she was a murdering bitch. So we get a two for right there. So, you know, just this is the book that keeps on giving. It keeps on giving. I love it. It gave us, served us face on the cover, literally face, skeleton face. It gave us death. It gave us gore. It gave us crazy. There's just so much. Now the queer y'all, this was, this was like shooting um, gays in a barrel because it's Robbie Barron. I mean, really, really not to, I can say this because I am a queer myself, but not to top cast, but that big old queen, Robbie Barron running around acting crazy about directing the sound of music. Come on, y'all. Come on. We could see that coming a mile away too, Mr. Stein. But Robbie Barron snaps to you. You try to get that damn show on the road, even though people were dropping out left and right and dying and getting hit by sandbags. Way to go, Robbie. You just stay strong. You, you know, pull on your rainbow sequin and you just whip them bitches into shape. So love this book. Next, we have a book called First date, but will it be the last? Now, I don't know if that's a tag. It just came to me, but ooh, if it, ooh, it, it works though, it works. So <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode and this book, I love it. It was one of my favorites thus far. And so thanks. So I hope you have a great week. And you know what? Remember that eat that ice cream so you don't get stabbed to death and buy good leather. So until then, stay queer. Bye.